Hey everybody, welcome back uh, to Ike Live Show set part two. Um, man, what a great interview with Carl Jacobson. Um, it's great. I'm, I'm glad he took the time to talk to us. You know what I'm most impressed with with him is, man, he outed the scenario. You know what I mean? It's uh, that that's hard to do. A lot of people might have wanted to brush that under the carpet and say. You know, we'll just handle that in private or in our own way. But man, he got on a he got on a nationally syndicated television show. <laughs> with well, this award winning host and co-host <laughs> and and, and all ten people watching and and commented he that felt yeah yeah and, and, and that, that came off as genuine. Yep. Disgust with feeling violated. Yeah, you know. Yeah, well, I think he's still he's still trying to figure it out in his head. I, imagine. I think so. Still wrestling with what he, what what he could have done better or, or how he could have handled that situation differently, and um, and I'm sure he'll he'll continue to wrestle with that. But uh, but that was pretty uh, pretty cool that he he did come out with that on this show, and uh, and we want to thank Ed Bassmaster uh, for being here with us tonight. Uh, the show is is going to be on. It's not TNT. CMT. CMT. CMT, 10 o'clock Thursday night. CMT, 10 o'clock Thursday night. Um, and for those of you that don't know of, of Ed Bassmaster, you need to go to his YouTube channel because yeah. it is an absolute riot. Ed Bassmaster, he's got this... Uh, <laughs> Brian, maybe maybe in a little bit when we're, when we're at a low, we can put up putting you on the news. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, he's got... He's yeah, got we'll he, some of his stuff is just hilarious. Uh, you know, if you hang out with Ed... Your face is going to hurt. You know, your stomach's going to hurt because the entire time he's just making you laugh, man. He's just a really good dude. Yeah. And uh, it was cool to have him here, man. Yeah. I watched some of his stuff, so putting him on the news. Put, I'm going to put you on the news. I'm putting put you, you on the news. Oh, it kills me, dude. I think Carl just put Boyd in the news. Yeah. He did yeah. put Boyd on <laughs> yeah, the news. Yeah. That's what he should have done. Yes. Yeah. I'm putting you, you on, on the, the news. news. Yeah, get out. <laughs> <laughs> I'm working from this point to that tree. I'm putting you on the news. Yeah. Uh, oh, well, man. Carl, write that one down. You can use it yeah, next time. Yeah, you can time. have it. You we can, love you, Carl. And that would sound way better in Australian. <laughs> right? I'm putting yeah. you on the news. Yeah. <laughs> that was a good try. Yeah. I tried. Yeah, that was a good try. But it, it was it was great. Um, hopefully, well, we're hey, going to... Let me, uh, let me uh, interrupt this conversation. I just got a text back from Britt Myers. Uh, I sent him a text about, uh, I don't know, about 6.30. He just won the Elite Series event today. The champ. Wow. The champ. And uh, wow. he just texted me back and said, I uh, just noticed your text. What time? So you guys continue for a few more minutes. We're going to bring in our next phone call. I'm going to work on Britt, and hopefully we can get him Boy, fresh off great. the presses. That would be awesome. Did you guys get to see the weigh-in? No, I didn't. Yeah, yeah that that was it, it was a tearjerker. The final weigh-in? Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, Britt... Um, you know, he was got put in the hot seat with just one angler left to weigh in, who was Brett Height, oh, the God. chatterbait king of the world, who is when he's on, when he's rolling with that bite, he, you don't beat him, and and he's waiting, you know, just in anticipation, got to be figuring he's going to get knocked off because Brett only caught nine pounds, right? So, uh, and Brett comes up and he needed I think six and change to win, oh, my God. and he puts. Two quality fish on the scale, 
and they come up just shy of six pounds. Oh. And Britt gets the win. His mom is there. Oh, man. It's like. So emotional. Oh, uh, it's emotional. It's a dream, man. It's mo- I was emotional. That's I mean, the dream right there. And that's oh, his first God. win. He's been 10 years wow. on, on the elites. And um, he's been second a couple of times. And, um, you know, he got the big W today. God. He's, he's got to feel flying. like he's free falling, man. You know, yeah. like I couldn't imagine that. But. I don't. It's probably hadn't sunk in. It's probably not yeah. going to be till tomorrow, or the next or day, or till you see the Bassmaster magazine and you're on it, or something. Yeah, right. Or, like, or the show, or even. Yeah. Oh, you know what the coolest is going to be for him? The first day weighing at Bull Shoals when he when he gets announced by Mercer, and now Brid Myers. Elite champion from South Carolina, you know, yeah. the first I, I, time it gets announced like that. I would think the anticipation of when you're waiting for the show to be released, yeah. and you you're were excited. a contender in the beginning, so you know the beginning part of the show isn't going to have you, mm-hmm. you know, and you're waiting for your opportunity, you know, you're waiting for when it recognizes when you started doing well, you know, like I think watching this, because ESPN still does an amazing job. I think so. Yeah. Their, their production, is just, it's, it's unrivaled. I mean, they still do a great job with, with producing these, yeah. even though they're not live like they were, you know, but... Well, they only show up like for? three weeks later. <laughs> 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 then you forget about the tournament. No, no. But on they, to another one. Well, and you know, and we're going to talk about it because I, I watched his adjustment. That's the Bassmaster Live thing is so amazing because I watched him adjust correctly or successfully when Brett and um, and Kelly Jordan were unsuccessful at making the right adjustment. They were both right there. Yeah. If Kelly. Gets one bite, one more bite, he wins. If Brett gets one more bite, he wins. But Brett figured out how to score the limit on an incredibly tough fishing day. But is it not cool having having tournaments on places like that? Mm-hmm. Like, get Iconelli out of the Delaware River tournament. That's an interesting tournament for everyone mm-hmm. They've involved. never been here before. Right. Like, in same, you know, it's the same situation they just experienced. It because, was new water, no memories. Right. You mm-hmm. go to the same lake, I would think that, you know, you're going to go with prior knowledge. Sure. Like certain places, they, they yeah. repeat, you know. Right. Well, it's it, the guys were commenting about it at this show. They were commenting that this was the one that they were all worried about, you know, because where are they going to be able to catch fish? Was it going to be as tough as the Delaware and the Chesapeake treated them, you know? And uh, and every, everybody coming across the stage was pleasantly surprised yeah. with what they encountered, uh, with the exception of today. Today they woke up to 30-degree temperatures. Like uh, here? That, yeah, like here. They're, yeah. You know, they're catching pre-spawners, spawners, pre-spawners, and then they get that they get whacked in the head with that cold front, and it, it really clobbered them. Those guys that were making that long boat ride. So when you mentioned speaking of today at our weather, it, it's gonna it's gonna help me segue into something we have to announce our contest for tonight. Okay. This Sweet. weather is killing. My ornamental flower garden, where <laughs> I, everything I is at right now. I got things that are, I got problems. It's going below freezing every <laughs> yeah, night. Yeah, I, I heard that on the news. I'm dude. trying to be the pound for pound best garden in Audubon, and it's very damn, very damn hard. <laughs> are you now. blanketing so, them? What do you, are you yeah. covering? What do you do? No, I, I won't. No, because the problem is the wind. You'd, you'd have to, uh, you'd have to burlap your shrubs and stuff, and I just don't have the. I don't care that much, <laughs> <laughs> but I care enough to care. All right, but, well, it's going to warm so our up next contest, week. Our contest, so the winner of tonight's contest will receive a whole bunch of flambo stuff. Right, Brian? Sorry, Brian. Yeah. Sorry. Tonight's winner of, the sh- of, of our contest gets a whole bunch of flambo stuff, correct? Correct. All right. 
<laughs> so, Brian, the, we we'll take, find some flambo well, stuff. Yeah, well, <laughs> even if that's not what you're going to win, we uh, have access. To, we have access stuff. to Mike's garage. We're yeah. going to get yeah. some flambo yeah. stuff. Exactly. So, listen, tonight's contest, guys. We need to hear on a call in, and Brian will put the number up as soon as he's done trying to get the the champion up from today. We will hear from a call in your most embarrassing reason to skip a derby, skip a fishing trip, skip a day on the water with your best buddy. We want to know the most the most embarrassing excuse that you've used or the most embarrassing thing that has ever happened to you on the water. And we're opening it up. We're not trying to keep it narrow so we can get some participation in this. And we'll start it with a story like this. So our dear friend John McGraw, who is an artist extraordinaire. Brian, can you get a close-up here? <laughs> So John McGraw's most embarrassing story, John created this bobblehead of our very, very astute producer. It is Gollum. It's Brian's face. It's an actual bobblehead of Brian's face. John <laughs> McGraw one time missed a top rod tournament, and we didn't know. We don't know why. We didn't know why. Then the next day he shows up with bandages all over himself, and he said he had to go to get emergency surgery to get some warts removed. <laughs> So we gave him the nickname Warts, and it only lasted a short while. And he, yeah, that's why he got the he nickname missed Warts. Missed the tournament. Missed the tournament to get some Warts removed. On now I don't hands? know that's if these funny. Warts were like Hiroshima, Nagasaki Warts, or what they were. <laughs> but we started calling him Warts for a while, and then he told us pretty much we're not allowed to do that anymore. That the friendship depended on it, so we stopped calling him Warts. But stories like that. Sorry, John. Mike still calls him Warts. We all still do. We I still do it in front of them. Hey guys, so we we uh we have our our uh, second caller lined up. That we uh, Pete, did you introduce? I was on the phone. I no, not yet. All right, well he's on the line, so let's uh, do an introduction. Okay, well I, and it's not Britt Myers, it's Monty Burke. It's Monty Burke. Mar- Ma- well, who we have on is a is a famous author, author uh, authored uh, a book called Sal Belly and many other things that we're going to learn more about now um in particular the one where guys are chasing that world record bass uh his name is monty burke monty are you there with us i am how you guys doing <laughs> we're, we're doing great man i appreciate you being here with us tonight no problem thanks for having me on oh uh, wh- where are you calling us from are you are you at east coaster yeah i'm actually looking out my window across the east river at manhattan so i should call you from brooklyn okay wow nyc bk 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 Alabama. I grew up in Alabama and uh, North Carolina, but I, I've been here for about, I don't know, 15 years now, actually, believe it or not. And you still have your accent from Alabama. <laughs> I, I kind of lost it a little bit. <laughs> People tell me I don't have it. When I go back home for a little while, though, I can get it back. There you go. Monty, do you have a problem with Joe Sancho asking you for rides to go to places? Do I have pro- sorry, say that again? Do you ever have a problem with Joe Sancho from the Elite Series asking you for rides to go to places? No, not at all. <laughs> all right. Well, watch out for him. He's... <laughs> he's he's from he's from Brooklyn too. Yeah, he's a Brooklyn guy also. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> well, uh, you can get a ride anytime in my Honda Pilot, no problem. <laughs> well, we appreciate you making the time to come and talk to us because you've you've written something that is uh, that is really fascinating. I mean, uh, uh, people are you know compromising their whole lives to to chase the world record bass, and uh, it's it, I guess it's it's called Sal Belly. Um, mm-hmm. Can can you tell us a little little bit more about it? What are some of the highlights for you? Actually. So uh, I, I wrote that back in uh, 2004, I think, is when it came back, came out. And since then, I've written uh, 
two other books. I'm working on another one right now. But I, I, it's so funny. I, when I talk to my, my wife and I talk all the time, and she's like, "What's your? Do you have a favorite book?" And it's a little bit like picking your favorite child. You know, it's like it's kind of impossible to answer. But if there was one book that just kind of, <laughs> you know, was right in my sweet spot and seemed, I'm sure it was hard when I wrote. It, I don't remember, but it seemed like it all just kind of poured out of me. Uh, that was that book uh, because you know, since I was a kid. Uh, you know, I, I just love the story, you know, the original story, the kind of uh, foundation story of the uh, of the world record chase, of course, which is uh, Perry's uh, Big Bass down mm-hmm. in, in Georgia. Um, and, you know, when you're when you just start fishing, you know, and you throw your cast out your daredevil or your hula popper. I mean, what do you want to do? You want to catch the biggest fish you, you possibly can. So it's a story that, that I'd love since I was you know, probably eight years old, 10 years old. And um, when I started to kind of learn a little bit more about it, um, you know, as I got older and became a journalist, you know, it, it, it's, it was just strange to me that no one had ever really invested the time to really do kind of a comprehensive look at this because it, it's just, it was, it was just, it's just so cool. I mean, from the George Perry story uh, all the way through to the modern uh, guys and gals who were, who were, you know, would be record breakers who, who are as obsessed with that as, you know, uh, Jordan Speed is with with winning the Masters. Um, you know, and so it was really what the book is really is a kind of a comprehensive look at the chase and the history of the chase for the world record bass, uh, and really kind of a treatise on obsession and what that means and the good things that come from being obsessed <laughs> and some of the bad things. Um, and so I, you know, I spent I spent a little over a year kind of traveling all around, uh, you know, obviously went out to California, which is where a lot of the kind of white-hot action was going on at that time with Big Bass coming out, spent, you know, uh, time with the Big Bass chasers out there. Uh, I went down to Mississippi and hung out with a guy who was trying to grow the world record in his in a, a couple of ponds. Um, you know, I went to Texas where the state was actually trying to, you know, grow kind of world records. Um, I was stuck into Cuba back before, you know, you could really uh, – do that legally. Wow. I was stuck in Cuba and fished with a guy down there who, uh, uh, who was after also after the the world record. And of course, Cuba at that point um, still had some pretty big bass. Uh, and it was just a blast. It was just a blast. Uh, and you know, since my books come out, the, uh, the the Japanese guy has tied Perry's record. Uh, but you know, when you look in those record books, um, George Perry's name's still up there. So. Yeah, that's that's amazing. He, they, he he did tie, I guess, uh, over in Japan. Is has mm-hmm. there is, has there been any other like close calls? Anything else interesting? Any updates? Yeah, I mean, there's you know there has been there was a you know the, my first chapter in that book uh, was about an old motorcycle cop out in L.A. Um, who started to get really into the kind of in the late '90s started to get really into the big bass scene and he started to uh, out in Lake Castaic, which used to be sort of a uh, you know that was the holy land mm-hmm. when it came to big fish mm-hmm. um, until the earthquake earthquake of Northridge kind of knocked. For some reason, that once that earthquake happened, the fishing went downhill. But anyway, he came super close. Um, yeah, wow. he came within a couple of ounces uh, back then, and it kind of ruined his life because he came so close after so many years of you know working shifts uh, and then going you know not you know sleeping maybe an hour or something like that, getting up fishing all day, and then going back on the motorcycle. You know, he basically lost his wife. He lost his kids wow. um, in the process, and kind of, you know, kind of ruined his life. And then, you know, those there, there was a trio of anglers out in the San Diego area um, who actually caught a fish. Uh, they caught the same fish three times. 
Yep. And uh, and the fish obviously was bitter every time they caught it. And the third time they caught it, they actually foul hooked it, um, which they thought about for a little while, not admitting that, but enough people were kind of around the lake. Uh, and that fish was actually bigger than Perry's. But, of course, it doesn't count because they it was foul hooked. Oh. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, so people have come really close. And, then, of course, one of the great things about Cuba is, uh, <laughs> you know, there were rumors uh, that there were 25-pound fish caught, which would have broken the record by pounds, no, not ounces, pounds. Um, and they possibly could have been true, but there was a point in the mid-90s when Russia, uh, which had been sort of supporting uh, Cuba for a long, long time, kind of pulled out their support, and uh, Cuba got so poor that people started eating everything. I mean, they were eating banana peels. Uh, I mean, they were eating whatever they get their hands on, and of course, all those big bass um, got you know, could, feed, could feed a family just like George Perry did. He, he fed his family of... Uh, of eight on his world record fish. So, yeah, people have come really, really <laughs> wow. close. Uh, and then, then, you know, I forgot about this one other chapter, which is one of my favorite chapters, which is about people who tried to cheat their way into the record. Uh, huh. And that uh, chapter is called Bass Holes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that was one of my favorite chapters. Good appropriate, job. Appropriate people, name. You would not believe what people do to, to try to, I mean, to try to cheat their way into this record. I mean, they... You know, they, they blow up the, the photograph. They stuff lead down these poor fish's mouths. We were talking about that. Mouths. I mean, it was, it's just absolutely insane. And there was a, a mother-son combo, the True family, T-R-E-W, which is, uh, you know, kind of a funny-sounding uh, last name <laughs> if you think about what they did. I mean, they, they tried to con people for years and years and years, uh, saying they caught the world, uh, the world record. And poor people at IGFA had to keep fending them off, so... Uh, yeah, people have come close, and other people have cheated. Well, you you can see why that would happen. Uh, it's a, They say it's a million-dollar fish. At least that's what they used to say. It's probably like a $5 million fish now. So. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's one, that's, that's an interesting thing that I looked into, too. So uh, one of the reasons I looked, uh, I, I started this book, too, is it, it was, it was a, uh, I don't know if you guys remember this, but it was something called the Big Bass Club way back in the day, like 2000. It's really that, far, that long ago, but... Uh, and they were offering $8 million wow. for the world record. Wow. So, um, and it turned out that they were kind of uh, con men, too. They didn't have any money or insurance, so they they went under. But there was a time when that was going to be the sort of prize for the world record fish. And then, so, you know, I kind of looked into this, you know, because you always heard, every time I read about it in Field and Stream and Outdoor Life, it would say, this is the million-dollar fish. And I guess that's possible. Um, but, you know, when I looked into it, it didn't seem... Uh, it probably is not worth that much, to be honest with you. It was more about the and these guys who who I profile uh, were not in it for the money. They were in it for the prestige, and the money was didn't didn't mean that come up that much to them. They wanted to be the the king of the hill. Uh, you know, they wanted to be known as the, the person who broke George Perry's record. Hey, Monty, it's Dave. Hey, Dave, how you doing? Hey, my friend. So I remember when that police officer, he was a sheriff's officer actually in California, caught that fish. Was his name Paul Krupe? Because I'm trying to go back in my memory banks. Uh, Bob Krupe. Bob, Bob Krupe. That's yeah. it. Yeah. Because yeah. I remember yeah. I was a young police officer at the time, and I just remember wishing that like that was the actual fish. But I didn't know the uh, like the side effects, I guess, of catching oh, the second so, largest fish at the time <laughs> in history. Like I, I, I was, wouldn't. It was, it was really interesting because I went out and actually fished with him, um, and he was just grumpy as all get out and <laughs> his way of fishing was not uh, he actually used live crawdads uh, we're talking live baits yeah. you know he was just a bitter embittered uh, uh, guy you know we just sat there and our lines I don't think our lines moved once um, wow uh, you know we just sat there and he just 
he just went over and over about what all the all the it was. It reminded me a little bit of like the lottery winners, all the terrible things you hear that happen after people win the lottery. Yeah. Of course, he didn't win the lottery. He came really close to it. But still, it's just like, yeah, pretty much kind of ruined his life. And then he was in a pretty bad motorcycle accident a little bit later on. So, so yeah. Any updates on him? Uh, no, you know, I haven't talked to him since uh, I sent him a book uh, back then, and uh, he wrote me a little note after that. Uh, he was still recovering from the uh, motorcycle accident, but he had, he basically quit going after the record. He was done with it. He, right. he still owns two of the top ten yeah. uh, bass yeah. of all time, so that's that's notable. Well, thank that's, you, Warren. Good that's, job, that's Warren. Very yeah. notable. Did you just Google that? Nah. <laughs> we, so, Monty, we have someone in studio here named Warren Walk, and uh, he is an encyclopedia of bass fishing. Oh, cool. He has all memorabilia right. of, of things that... Uh, You'd wonder why, but he has it, and he has a ton of it, man, and it's a good job. I'm a bass geek, Monty. We're very lucky to have him in here. As a matter of fact, he actually has a uh, t – tell us about the hat. We're going to get into this later, but just because we have to do that while Monty's still on the line. Yeah, do it while he's on the line. Uh, I, I finally found a, a, an autographed uh, piece by Brian Kirchel, who was basically an amateur who, who uh, fished through the Federation, through the Bass Nation, and uh, – Ended up winning the classic. He he lived the dream, and uh, that's awesome. Sadly, awesome. about four months later, he died in a plane crash. But yeah, I yeah, I remember I remember reading about him. Yeah. yeah, Warren has an autographed hat, them old school hats that sit like nine inches off your it's head. It's actually the '94 yeah. classic hat. That's awesome. And he, and he signed it, uh, classic champion '94. So obviously he signed it in in the last couple months of wow. of wow. you know really cool. his uh, really his cool. life, but. I was about 19 at the time, and and for me, what he did was, you know, it was like Superman. It was it was the undoable. And uh, yep. when when he when he passed away, it was Warren. It was you're younger than us. Uh, I'm 50 this year. How the hell I mean, are you? I am 50. <laughs> yeah, bro, you were 20. Some time machine I was, I was 19 math? when Kershaw <laughs> won the classic. <laughs> All right, Monty. Uh, I love Dave. <laughs> Go, Monty. You're great, man. It's great to have you on the show. Well, they they. They uh these guys like we I, I read some stuff where they're making you know swim baits for the fish but you talked about the crawdad I mean I, if I was going after the world record I'd be using live bait and big well, ones it, 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 it's, it's, it's interesting because I, I think it's on certain places so uh, Castaic is not uh, as clear uh, as some of the lakes um, in the San Diego area and uh, this guy Porter Hall who uh, who uh, was in uh, Alabama and he grew up in Alabama, but he, he had these ponds in Mississippi where he was trying to you know, grow the world record. Those ponds were obviously pretty dirty too, so he used a lot of live bait as well. However, these, you know, this, this, these guys out in San Diego, um, it's so clear, uh, this water. It's, it's, it's actually kind of insane. You almost feel like you're on, on air uh, when you're, you're looking down. You're looking down like 20, 25 feet and you can see the bottom. So. Uh, what they do is they chuck these huge swim baits and sometimes, you know, like white spare baits, uh, at the nest and do it over and over again. They spot, they can, you know, they know they're sight fishing these fish. So they look down, they can, then they can tell, you know, that looks like it could be in world record size or whatever. And they are just trying to agitate the hell out of her and hope that the male doesn't come in and swoop the thing, you know, hit your swim bait. So, uh, for that, you know, it, it, the, the female doesn't seem to be eating at that point. Seems to me that she's just striking out of agitation. Um, so I think in that in that regard, those you know maybe the swim bays maybe or spinner bays make a better uh, a better gig. Now when when I was on the boat with one of these guys, uh, John Kerr, who's one of the there are probably like five or six guys out there who are really hot on the trail, 
and he caught um, at a different lake. He caught a 17-pounder, uh, and when he reeled it in, uh, you know, I was like, "How is that not?" Uh, you know, we waited uh, uh, afterwards, but I was like, "How is that not the world record? That is the most obese-looking. It was. It was actually <laughs> kind of. It's kind of gross-looking. I mean, they, they're they're they look like someone's been just shoving food down their mouth. <laughs> their eyes, instead of being on the sides of their head, they're so fat that they're like on the top of their head, sort of like flounder. That's what fat um, people look like, though, like, dude. How is this not the world record? And we waited, and he's like, no, it's not even close. And so we waited, and it was 17 pounds. So it was, you know, whatever it was. Could you imagine catching uh, a 17 five, pound bass? No. pounds short. I was like, oh my God. So, like, uh, you know, a world record would have, you know, another six or seven pounds on it. And it was pretty insane. That is insane. You're you're from Alabama. Are you, are you a fish head? Do you, do you fish a lot? Uh, it's my, my abiding passion in my life. Yep, absolutely. So. I, just a quick story. When I moved, I moved up here for a job. I actually took a job at Sports and Field, um, so I had to move to the city. And you know, I was like, I'm gonna, uh, I'm gonna hate this place because uh, you know I grew up on a farm, and you know I wanted, I love fishing, love hunting, love walking around the woods. And um, it took me a little while, but about six months in, I got a call from a fishing guide, and he said, Hey, man, do you want to come fish this uh, striped bass tournament, uh, which is you know in the waters around New York City? And I said, Sure. He wanted me to write a story about him. He became the first friend I made in New York City, and he showed me the water around here. And you know, we have it's a, it's a saltwater game, pretty much the freshwater fishing about that day. But uh, the, the the saltwater uh, fishing for striped bass, for bluefish, for false albacore, for bonito uh, is unbelievable. From you know about right now all the way through to after Christmas, um, and it is you know literally seven miles from my house. I can be on a white sand flat. Uh, you know, sight fishing for cruising, you know, 12, 15 pound strikers. Wow. That's fun to get. That's fun. So now, Monty, are you married or are you single? I'm married. I, I, and, and have three kids. Oh, wow. Now, were you married the whole time you were in New York? Uh, just about. Yeah, I got married in 2001. So you have no good, like, single New York stories? I don't, you know. <laughs> All I don't. right. I, you know, <laughs> Three kids I was later. In DC a little bit when I was single, and that was kind of enough. But, I mean, I think New York either either you own the town or you get eaten up by the town. I hear you. I might have gotten eaten up by the town. It's, 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 it's over the top, you know. It's over the top. Did you ever make it out to Central Park? We Mike just did uh, one of his shows uh, fishing there in Central yeah, Park. I, I have actually. I've, I've uh, fished. Uh, I fished the same uh, uh, little pond he did. Um, uh, which was fun. You know, they're not very. They're stunned. They're, they're like you know, maybe a two pounder. Uh, out here where I live in Brooklyn, there's a there's a park uh, called Prospect Park, which was actually designed by the same guy who designed the Central Park, and that has uh, slightly bigger bass, and actually has a pretty cool fishing cult, you know uh, culture. There's a it, it, you know you see you see pretty hardcore bass guys out there. Uh, I was out there in well, I took my kids out there in February. It was a little, it wasn't a very cold day. It was probably in the 50s, uh, maybe high 40s, and there were I, I counted four guys fishing. One guy fly fishing. Three guys, uh, you know, spin casting. So there's a pretty uh, that that's where the to me anyway that seems to me to me to kind of be the more hardcore uh, uh, sort of bassers or or in that park. Right. Well, that's uh, well, that's his show was pretty cool. He caught some. I think Sancho caught a pretty nice one in that show. But uh, yeah. I, I there's some. Are you involved with the PGA, uh, or have you covered that? I, there's a question here that the carpenter wrote down for me. What's your background with the PGA? Um, I've just written a, a ton of stories about them, and I, I guess the one that uh, probably prompted that that note was that uh, a couple years back I did a story on the PGA Tour's best fishing holes, 
Gotcha. So I yes. Met, uh, I met yeah. a bunch. I interviewed a bunch of these guys who were hardcore uh, fishermen, uh, and they were hilarious. You know, it was like uh, J.B. Holmes and uh, um, what the heck was his name? Boo Weekly. Uh, Tiger's a huge fisherman. But they, it's so funny, so they would walk through these places in, uh, uh, you know, at the, uh, at the TPC uh, down in Ponte Vedra, uh, right on the 17, which is that famous um, uh, island hole, uh, the part three. Uh, that lake is full of fish. And some of these guys brought, uh, you know, they would bring their spin rods, uh, put them in their bag for their practice rounds. Um, nice. Pretty would, neat. You know, you'd, you'd hit a shot, and then you'd take a cast and hit a shot, and and so they identified at one point. Identified, I think, like the top nine. Uh, uh, you know, I got I don't know ten of these guys together. I said, All right, let's go through. Let's try to identify the top nine holes uh, in in golf that uh, fishing. And it, and it ranged from, you know, it was mainly bass fishing. There were some good places for some good brim fishing, and then uh, there are a couple places down in South Carolina and Florida where you know close to the ocean where tarpon and uh, you know, baby tarpon and redfish would come in. So it was really cool, really fun. So that led to another article, which was about, I couldn't get any of them to talk to me about the Masters, about Augusta, because no one wanted to get on the wrong side of, of the folks there. So I, I yeah. actually interviewed a caddy, uh, uh, last name Bowden, uh, Trip Bowden, I think was his name. And uh, so he, and he was a, he's like, oh yeah, fishing here is great. You know, so he's like, Maze <laughs> Creek uh, is, you know, where all those golf balls go flying in there. It's Full of brim, no pressure. Uh, full of fish. That pond on sixteen um, uh, is full of bass, and he's like, "Yeah, we, we we sneak down there and we go we go fishing." So it's pretty cool. Monty, yeah. is it true that you saw uh, Daly on the back nine at uh, at Sawgrass with a bottle of Jack and a surf rod? <laughs> <laughs> Was that Daly? Yeah. Uh, is Daly a fisherman? I don't. You know, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I, I'm not I don't know. Just I, you know, I we got know. intel coming in. He doesn't, he doesn't strike me as a guy with enough patience, to be honest. With you. Yeah. The times I've seen John Daly is hilarious. He, I, I followed him one time in a tournament in Connecticut, and uh, you know he walks. He's got those crazy pants on. Hits a drive. Walks down. The, walks down the fairway. He's smoking a cig. It's, he, he reminds me like a you know he's like a he's like a Wednesday afternoon player. Hey, it's he like an Andrew Dice Clay. Yeah. <laughs> he, he, he puts the cigarette. He throws the cigarette down the ground. Goes up. Waggles once. No practice swing. Bang, hits it, reaches down, picks up a cigarette, keeps fucking. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't tell me he's a guy with enough patience to fish. Yeah. That, well, I, you know, see, I always get kicked off the golf courses, and I realize what I have to do now. First, I have to on. become a top-level golf pro, <laughs> top 10 ranked, and then I guess I can go fish the golf ponds. Yeah. Yeah, for yeah. for people listening and watching the show, the articles that we're talking about, you can Google through Forbes magazine that Monty wrote about these uh, legendary these legendary holes on these golf courses. It's a really interesting read. I, I enjoyed it very much. Sure. By, by the way, off topic, who won the Masters today? Spieth. Britt yeah, Myers. Spieth killed so it. Jordan Spieth was uh, was cruising. And then on uh, 11, I guess it was, or 12, 12, he hit the ball uh, twice into the water and quadruple bogey, and, and this, this young English kid won. Danny Willett. Never heard of him. Wow. Wow. I, I saw the meltdown just before I left the house. I, he had like a double bogey and, and a bogey. The quadruple, quadruple bogey. Quadruple bogey. Oh, my yeah. God. Wow. <laughs> That's cool. I was watching the uh, I Elite went Series weigh-ins. <laughs> <laughs> I would have fished a pond. <laughs> I mean, he probably wished he had now. Man, that's well. That's, well, that's look, Monty, thanks, man. Thanks for coming on, dude. Hey, man, no problem. Thanks and, for having me on, guys. And for everyone listening, please go to Amazon, get Sal Belly, 
and uh, read the articles on Forbes magazine about these PGA uh, holes because it's pretty and, cool stuff, man. And, and Monty, is is there a, is there a more direct way people can go to get your books or or follow you uh, on yeah, social? I mean, Amazon's the best way, probably. Uh, but you, I have a website uh, which has all four of my books on there. So uh, you know, ones on Nick Saban and. Well, there are football coaches as well, so I do fishing and football. That's that's pretty much my my beat. Yeah, nice so combo. Burke, M-O-N-T-E-B-U-R-K-E dot com is a, is a good way to kind of get just to get more information. Outstanding. Well, we appreciate your time, Monty. Thanks for Thank talking to us, and uh, maybe we'll have you on here in the near future when uh, you know maybe Bridget catches the world record. <laughs> I hope. <laughs> I hope. Hey, if you're, and if you're ever in the area, come on in. Tell us about your single escapades down in uh, D.C. We're always looking to live vicariously through handsome guys like yourself. All right. I, I barely remember now. Three yeah. Now. <laughs> roll tide, roll. Yeah. <laughs> nice, buddy. Thank you. All right, buddy. Monty Burke, everybody. That the was full awesome. Monty. Congrats. That's good info. Nicely done. I, I can't, you know, uh, these the guests came up so late I didn't get a chance to read a lot of his stuff, so I'm looking forward to reading both. I would, I would love for someone to call me and be like, what are you looking at? Yeah, I'm looking out at the rep. I'm like, I'm, 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 you know, what am I looking at? You know what I mean? <laughs> looking at my kids spilling <laughs> soup. You know, like, I don't know, man. Well, these, everyone we look. talk to is always looking at something cool. Looking at, well, looking at the lake. This guy was looking at the river from his high rise. Well, you're looking at your book. You're looking at dying. Pete. I'm you're looking, looking at, at Pete. I don't look. See the problem. Here's the. <laughs> here's what people don't understand. When you have a highly competitive ornamental garden like I have, you do not look at it with enjoyment. You look at it every second. You look at it. You're like, where can I improve? I never get to enjoy it. Obsessed. Ask my wife. Like we sit down to have some craft beer, which by the way we got to mention what we're drinking tonight, Brian. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We sit. I, I can't sit down. I got to get up. I got to fix something. I see something that you know. I got to clip. You know. But tonight we're drinking Avery, guys. If you don't know about Avery. Avery Brewing from Boulder, Colorado. This shit is amazing. All right. I had the salvation, which Brian was nice enough to bring me as a gift, and I brought him their limited release um, Imperial IPA called the Maharaja. All right. The Maharaja. That stuff is liquid gold. I highly recommend it. It's 10.5%. You don't even realize you're drinking 10.5%. They hide it very well. Two of those bombers. All right. Hide the wife wife and kids. All right. Well, with that said, um, I'm going to go ahead and, and uh, reach out to Britt Myers here. Give me a couple seconds. And, All right. Uh, go, ahead and, go ahead and bring him up. And uh, and look, we were talking a, a little bit, and I just want to, you know, mention again, the Chesapeake had a big fish kill last year, and um, uh, there's been some controversy about the, the, the restrictions on tournaments and, and stuff. And I just want to update you on a couple things. Number one, there was a tournament that was held uh, uh, today. There's been a couple of them, but one of which I, I talked to one of the competitors, Johnny Venor, um, friend of ours. He uh, uh, he finished second place down there with 23 pounds, took second. He's a hammer down there, he, man. Wow. This time of year especially. He's, he's a hammer. He's, he's, he specializes in the early season. and But he was beat by just a few ounces by another 23-pound bag. So the Chesapeake is What's just... What's not affected? It's just delivering monsters. I, I had well, Who a guy, won? Who won it? Do you know? No, I do uh, not know. Right. On um, the... Um, um, I don't know. I, Friday, I had a guide trip. I lost my train of thought because I was thinking he finished third. Sorry. But I, 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 I mean, we had a monster bag, including one that was almost eight pounds. The fish are huge pre-spawn. They're a tremendous amount of bait up in the bay. There's flocks of cormorants who are really a bad culprit for the bass. Yeah. But just thousands of them, thousands of them up through that area. So it's the 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 fishery is just just alive, full of fish. It's really exciting to see. Our old club that we started up top rod had an open on the Delaware River. 
river today. My yeah. son and I were down by the Gloucester boat ramp. They have a bunch of old ruins where these old factories used to be, and we were having Nerf wars in the ruins. <laughs> but and I, yeah, Top Rod had a tournament going on while we were having Nerf wars about you know two blocks down. A friend of mine fished that yeah. tournament, and, oh, yeah? and the Delaware what won it. What won it today? Sixteen pounds won it. That's Dang. pretty good for Delaware. My my buddy, gnarly dude. My buddy uh, and his son uh, Craig and Pat Duran uh, had fourteen twelve. And, the, t- and took second. Were they place. sucking your spots or their own stuff? No, you know Craig's. Craig's been he's been fishing with me for a long time on the river. Yeah, he, spot, but he, but he, spots. he's a tidal river guy, man. Okay, he he knows it. He's 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 showed me some stuff. Wow, that's pretty yeah. good. Delaware. It was windy out there. Water was brown too. Yeah, well they they just he had a limit. He texted me at like quarter to seven or I think it was quarter to eight, and he already had his limit just like that right now. Are you wow. talking about? Where are you talking about? On the big day, on the Delaware. Oh, today. Sixteen yeah. won it today, dude. It was wow. shit brown. Sixteen, yeah, <laughs> yep, sixteen, fourteen, twelve was second. Oh damn! And uh, but the uh, back to the Chesapeake, the guys uh, were weighing in their fish, putting them back in their boats, and carrying them out beyond the no wake zone for release. Wow! Um, and this is part of the new regulation, yeah, which I like. I think it's great that guys, you know, tournament organizations and anglers are starting to take responsibility for their catch. I hope it's a movement that sweeps across the country. To, to I mean, everybody does a good job of it, but we can always do better. I know the big tournament organizations have the cooling tanks, shaded areas, yeah. oxygenated areas that, that, that set the pace. Uh, and I think all tournament organizations need to take their lead and what's going on with Maryland and, and spread these fish out, release them, use release boats when you can and and, uh, and I was really, I thought it was really cool that they've they've started to take It'll action. definitely be cool that the fish aren't dead by the boat ramp and they're dead where they really drop them off at, you know? <laughs> I mean, the fish are still going to have the same mortality rate. No, well, they well, don't know they're getting let go at the ramp. Well, <laughs> <laughs> they're going for a ride. Well, I, I think it's a big difference, Dave. I think it's a big difference from carrying people across the parking lot. Uh, carry, carry fish across the parking lot yeah. versus keeping your boat in the water. I think it's a big difference. No, you're right. Yeah, listen, you're, uh, I, I imagine the stress a little bit lower, Brian, just a tiny bit lower. It's awesome, though. We <laughs> are the champions. It would be much better for them to be put away from where all that stress is. I imagine they're all, you know. Yeah, they, they're not carried across the parking lot as far. They're, I was hoping you guys are getting my cue that that means he's on the line. Well, I was, See? I was I waiting for I that. I don't know what that Sorry. No, I'm thinking he's Skyping in. I'm looking for a Skype feed. And you could have just said Brits <laughs> on the line, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Without further ado. <laughs> well, the, Britt, hey, it's great for you to make the time to come be with us. On the line, we have the South Carolina Bassmaster Elite Champion, Britt Myers. Woo! Champ! How you doing? What's going on, guys? <laughs> How you doing? We're doing great, man. You just won the tournament. Are you, like, going to Disney World? Dude, I don't know where I'm going. It was so <laughs> unexpected. I had no idea it happened with the way it happened, and... Uh, I'm still kind of, I'm, I'm just on cloud nine. Everything's kind of blurry, if you know what I mean. That's yeah. good. <laughs> good for you. Yeah, I think, it, you know, it's probably going to take a little while for you to settle in. I, I, I watched the weigh-in. Um, I was on pins and needles. You 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 put nine pounds on the scale. And uh, and then I watched, you know, we talked about it here in the studio, the, the chatterbait master coming up. And, uh, you know, you, you had you had to be thinking that, man, there's no way that that Brett came up short on the last day. Absolutely, I, I 
I, I just picked up that fluke. I haven't made a cast with it all week. And all I was doing is just trying to fill my limit. If I could fill my limit, then, you know, I could salvage a fourth, fifth place finish. And, it, you know, I, honestly, I was thinking about, like, the, the bonus bucks, you know, you get for, like, Toyota and things <laughs> like that. Just trying to, trying to salvage that. And, you know, and I, and I fished to the very last second, had a 100-mile run back. And, wow. And when I got back, I, I you know, it was kind of, I seen uh, a Davy Height doing the first look, setting in Kelly Jordan's bow, then in Britt Height. He's not even looking at me. I'm like, yeah, I lost this derby. And, and, and then all of a sudden, you know, you just get that vibe that it's close and everybody starts talking to me. And the next thing you know, I'd won the tournament, which is. Uh, Unbelievable. <laughs> well, Brett, can you explain that ride back? Yeah, hundred hundred miles is a long way, and there's a lot of things going through your head at seventy five miles an hour. What are some of the thoughts that you had when you were on your way back with the bag you had? Um, what could I do to? Well, Ike's been in this position. What, what are you going to tell people? You know, I, you had twenty one pounds one day, almost seventeen another, and what are you going to tell people? You know. They want to wonder how you only had eight, eight, or eight, nine pounds one day and nine pounds the next. You know, um, that kind of deal. So yeah. you, you kind of you, you've already got your concession speech there. You're just trying to figure out, you know, what you're going to say. But did you have your victory spending in your head? Like, what am I going to no. buy with all these dollars, yo? <laughs> no, dude, because I didn't. Um, I didn't think I was going to win. I had no idea. Wow. I promise you, I promise you it wasn't even a fault in my mind. Christmas, awesome. Christmas in April, man. Good well, for you. I, that was that was an amazing that was an amazing adjustment because I, I'll be honest, I was watching you fish, and um, and I thought you were making a mistake. Like you put your chatterbait down and you picked up that fluke and you started catching them, but I thought, man, the guys that are going to stick like Brett's going to, you know, Brett Height's going to stick with the chatterbait and get a shot at some of the bigger fish as the afternoon sun heats up and and pro- and maybe get a shot to win. And those guys didn't make that adjustment you did. Man, that that was as it turned out, that was an absolutely brilliant adjustment to 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 just go get your five. <laughs> it was unbelievable. I that day, I, you know, as it started getting slick, I seen or I saw several bass come up grab the bait half-heartedly or come up and turn away and they've seen the bait a lot they just it wasn't going to happen and you know i and in south carolina it doesn't matter where you at you know my home lake that's just an awesome bait to just catch you some fish if you know you're around some fish it might not catch you a big one but it will catch big ones and you know i honestly there at the end, I had one. I probably could have called an ounce or two, but I had only like ten more ten more minutes to fish, and I'm like, I gotta have a four pounder. I gotta have a four pounder. In my mind, I knew I had to have a four pounder, and hope Brett Height and those guys fell in their face. Well, and, and it's insane, insane. <laughs> and I hate to say it that way, fell in their face, but you know what I mean. Yeah, well, it obviously tightened up. I mean, that place was basically on fire and i i guess that 30 degree morning just was that what shut it down or was it tidal or what do you think shut that place down today 30 degree water didn't shut it down that those that those fish are used to that um they're not like uh it's not like in florida where a cold front makes them not bite pressure shut them down Ah. you know we were on areas and just keep circling them and circling them and a lot of you know they're there 
but they they just seen the same baits, the same stuff. And and last night I was laying in bed and I was you know we all as anglers we look at the weather channel things like that and I'm like five to ten, you know five to ten, ten is good, five could be slick depending on which direction it's blowing. So I was like, you know it's at the boat ramp this morning. I as I'm backing the truck in, I grab some flukes and hooks and stuff like that and I said. Let's try it out, you know, if it comes that way. And, and they were little babies. I mean, if you watch the last two I catch, I flip them in a boat, and I'm not, I don't even care. <laughs> you know, it's like, look at these little things, you know. I, and I had no idea. No, I did You know, now I was jacked up because early, early that morning because I caught a one close to four pounds really fast. And, you know, I knew that was big, but I, I thought I had to have three or four of those to win the tournament. I guess we all thought that that yeah. was going to be the case. You probably would have played those fish with a little bit more care had you known they were going to win the tournament. <laughs> yeah, I'm embarrassed to watch it. But I'm, I'm, I'm kind of, because I'm telling you, one of them, I just real kind of easy. I see it. It's like a pound, pound and a half. And I'm like, well, you know, I just flip it in the boat and I call and I'm taking my time call and I'm just, it's. It's weird. Man, you didn't that was, anything of it. <laughs> <laughs> that was such an awesome decision, and it won the tournament. Twice you've been second place. Um, I mean, how does it feel, man? You, you you broke through and got got the biggest win of your career. I think, you know, I think I'm developing as an angler. To be honest with you, in the last three years, I felt like I've I've became a whole lot better angler. I've made a lot, lot, a lot better decisions. I just had the last two years of making, like the decision I made today, making that last-minute adjustment and getting the fish on to do well in a tournament and lose it. You know, just just goofy things like that. And and this win, I think, will settle me down. And hopefully, you know, hopefully I just – I want to be more consistent. I don't want to be 91 week and, you know, top 20 the next. I, I just want to be more consistent, make a lot of classics, and, you know, a win – a win is everything, you know, but at the end of the day, um, a, a win just means that you fished a good tournament, you made good decisions, and everything went your way. You know, I, my ultimate goal is just to make a lot of, you know, uh, uh, just be more consistent. Well, that, you know, consistency definitely gets you classics, um, but, you know, you know it wins. Man, it does change the course of your career, and it, it, it gets you – in the spotlight like nothing else can in our sport and uh have you re- has that happened to you already that is your social media blowing up is your phone blowing up what, what's happening to you well like i said ike knows about all this and um everything's blowing up but whenever you, <laughs> I, I hadn't i've got like 358 text messages <laughs> that's but, awesome but to be honest with you when, when, whenever i was scrolling through and I seen Ike live. I was like, dude, I'd love to do that. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Thank you. Thank yeah, you. Thank you so much, Britt. <laughs> well, yeah, we sure do appreciate you taking the time, and 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 you know, I know our viewers do. But uh, so so you're. Are you? What are you doing tonight? You know, is it a, is it a party? party night? I saw I saw your mom was there at the weigh-in. You had family there. Uh, you know, what, did did you treat everybody out to a steak dinner? What are you up to? I did treat everybody out to the steak dinner. When the media <laughs> guys came in, I bought their dinner too. Nice. <laughs> 
I, I, uh, I told him I had to call the uh, credit card company to get my limit raised until my check went through. <laughs> <laughs> hey, vultures. No. They're vultures. They, they fly around the winter. They fly around like vultures uh, waiting to come no, in. No, man. It was mail. awesome, dude. It was, uh, you know, my actually my family and everybody, because I'm staying with Gerald Swindle, and he made a top 12. Congrats on him. Yeah, congrats, uh, We're staying at, at a little house, so I Gave them all a hug, good night, told them I loved them. They all went back to their house, and in about 10 minutes, I'm laying in the bed. Uh, worn out. <laughs> yeah. That's it. That's it awesome, it's dude. something about a tournament. When it's over, you yeah. crash. Your body just collapses. And anybody who fishes, especially these Elite Series events, can understand that. So now we had Gerald in studio here, and he does he does some pretty good impressions. Do you have any impressions you can throw at us? Can you do you Gerald? Know, uh, How about Gerald? Can you do Gerald? No, I can't. Nobody can do Gerald. <laughs> Anybody? <laughs> no. All right. Hey, Brett. When, when, yeah. you, when you were having that victory dinner, uh, did Boy Duckett come creeping in on you at all? <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> Just kidding. Just kidding. I, I didn't hear what you said. Uh, that question? Well, yeah. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he heard you say, I got this check, and all of a sudden he started weaving over. Now, Boy Duckett can buy that uh, restaurant, man. Hey, Britt, since, hey, Brit, since you treated everybody else to steak dinner, does the Ike Live crew get a steak dinner? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, we got the phone that's, call. Yeah. That's right. Maybe, maybe that's a cheese steak. The next time you come up here, buddy. <laughs> That's right. Did you did you have pressure in your area? Were, were there other competitors battling you for those fish? Dude, that's why it was a magical week. I, I there was about five anglers who started where I was at, and I don't know what it was, but I I, I was fishing the same area. Dave Lefebvre came in there, and the first day, dude, of I course. caught like. 35 fish in front of Dave Lefebvre fishing the same yes. spot he was when we were rotating. <laughs> and and it's, just, it's, it's just, I had the magic bait. You know, sometimes the cadence of a bait is everything. And, and, and I was just triggering the bites, and he even told me, dude, he's like, man, you know, uh, he's like, Britt, what are you throwing? You know, is that a chatterbait? And I was like, of course he did. Are you coming back to this spot? And I said, he said, yeah. I said, I'm not telling you yet. You know, <laughs> but it was just, just one of those deals. And, it, dude, it, it, it was my week to win. I mean, I, I don't know if you heard everything I said on stage, but it was just things went crazy wrong, but they just somehow developed back then to a, a huge success story. Well, why, why you're on that topic, what what chatterbait were you throwing? I thought I saw a Kitech trailer. And and what were, what were you doing? I mean, can you tell us? Yeah, yeah. I mean, basically, I was throwing a half ounce chatterbait, original chatterbait with a uh, three eight contact. And and in practice, I I went out there was going to throw you know with a twin tail, and I I never could get a bite. I tried it with a fluke. A fluke's a big deal. To all. I like to throw on the back of a chatterbait. <laughs> mm-hmm. And dude, it was magical. It's like I I know this sounds crazy, but that contact swim bait on that on that was just it caught so many fish, had so many bites. Um, there was, there were, if the tides, you know, the tide, nothing ever went exactly right. But I just caught enough fish to win the tournament. But there was a day in practice where I, I thought I could have caught a massive bag. You know, like, like the first fish I jerked on in practice was a seven pounder. Wow! Jesus. And then I actually, I, I, I fished the same spot again. And I actually caught a four pounder where he had blew the bait out of the back of his gill and it didn't have a hook on it, but it hooked the back of his gill. 
Wow, that's pretty neat. Yeah, that that wow. that I guess that means they like that bait. <laughs> yeah. The, uh, yeah. I, I don't I don't mean to uh, offer advice uh, because you, you're just obviously you just won the the elite, but you got to get the crazy glue with the brush applicator. God, you're not kidding. <laughs> don't even buy, don't even buy that generic. The second day or third day, I bought. I went to the store and bought that generic. I called it not super glue. It was just it. It was horrible. And then this gel stuff. Yeah, I fought that all day, and I was about to go go yep. like an alien on it. <laughs> quick lock works pretty good. The, the the stuff with the two handles that you squeeze, the quick lock, and yeah. the gray container with the blue cap. Yep, it, yep. That, that's not bad. I'm with the exception of one time I spilled the uh, the the, oh. the bottle of glue in my crotch, I got out of it. In your crotch? I did. It happened. It just ruined. It. That that can happen to you. Why did you have your pants on? Why we but, glued yeah, it? Yeah, is that crotch? why they call you Lefty? <laughs> it was on top of my. <laughs> I've, I, I've glued my fingers together. I've glued my lips together. I know it's. What, <laughs> what are we talking about here? But that brush applicator is the best way to go. <laughs> but, uh, hey man, that. That that was uh that was an amazing amazing win. Uh, we're, we're so tickled that you, you took the time to to call us, and uh you know it you got probably tomorrow I you know I've been fortunate enough to win a couple tournaments, and my favorite part is when I wake up the day after I've won the tournament, yeah. and I think and I realize it wasn't a dream. <laughs> That's awesome. Right. That's got to yeah. be a great feeling. If I'm you right now, Brett, I, I get out in my truck by myself. Maybe I have a six-pack. Maybe I don't. But I'm hanging my head right. out the window like Ace Ventura and just letting the wind smack me in the face, and I'm taking it all in, man. Because tomorrow it's going to be gone. You're back to normal. No one's going to remember you're the champ. <laughs> but you're the champ right today, dude. Don't don't let don't even let the night end. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, well, that's what I'm going to do tomorrow, first thing. <laughs> but tomorrow you're not the champ no more, dude. It's on to the next event. He, he's the champ until the next event comes. And, and you, they can never take this away nah, from man, you. Nah, man, you're but, the man, dude. But, hey, hey Britt, um, you know, I know a lot of people listening to the show. They want to follow you. How do they do that? Can you? You, you, you're on Facebook, I assume, your website. Can you let them know Absolutely. how they can do it? Yeah. Yeah, follow me on Facebook for sure. All right. Well, uh, appreciate the time. Congratulations. Congratulations. You're the champ. And uh, we'll be looking for you, I guess, at Bull Shoals. Maybe you can do back-to-back. Good luck. Thank you guys so much for having me on. I appreciate it. And uh, I'll see you guys soon. Thank you thanks you. for coming Enjoy on, man. That Thank, win. You, Great Thank you, Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Awesome. What a gentleman. Yeah, yeah really nice. He's real cool. Well, you you watch him on the stage. I mean, yeah. he just is uh he's just such a likable personality. Well, you know what I mean? He just Yeah, you you gravitate to him. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he's got a big smile and he's just a very very likable likable individual. He's a I don't know, man. He's a genuine guy, man. I mean, I've been around the sport a long time and I have not met him um, you know, face to face. So I look forward to shaking his hand next time I see him and congratulating him in person, but yeah, that's uh, amazing. But that's 10 years he's been out on tour, second wow. place twice. And uh, now he's got the W. And I'm telling you right now, you know, I know he talked about consistency, but getting those W's is what separates you from everybody, fr- from else. everybody else. I'm sure. Because not, uh, there's a lot of very, very talented anglers that will fish for 10 or 20 years and never get a win. And, and he did it with that lamprey hanging around them the whole damn time. <laughs> lamprey. <All right>. <laughs> Oh, uh, Lefebvre, I'm sorry. Lefebvre. Wrong name. <laughs> hey, Britt, what are you using? Uh, <laughs> really, dude? On the elite level, you're doing that? I know, man. I'll tell you. 
I, that he, back he is tomorrow, a y'all. reincarnated snake oil salesman. Uh, All he needs is a crate and some oil, man. Oh, <laughs> all right. But it was <laughs> interesting fruit. how he ducked the uh, the. That was a greatly phrased boy Duckett question, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Problem is, boy Duckett's got banked like this high, dude. Like uh, yeah. hundreds. I hope he calls in. I I know Boyd's got a story. I'm telling you right now, he's gonna get. He's gonna if say, I found those fish at practice. I I did not pull in on Carl because he was already there. I saw him catch the fish, but I knew I was going to get a chance day two, and I took my opportunity because he wasn't. It wasn't like he got the GPS points and just showed up. He was there. He was in the yeah. area. Yeah. But you he know? might. He's old school. He might go straight. Waylon Jennings, God rest his soul, on you and be like, "Yeah, I was there, and I saw him catching him. I moved in." And as well, it's <laughs> very possible. You could would also he, say, "Would he admit that, though?" Yes, he would. He's a gangster. Yeah. You're gonna if he you're a, if you're a competitor, you're gonna use everything to your advantage that you can within the rules. One of them is intimidation. You know, oh, yeah. and and this. and a lot of guys. Brower's famous for. You know, that stare, that sneer he would give you if you pulled anywhere close to him, you know. He would give you that biffle, you know, making it hard on me. You know, they're, <laughs> hey. you know, they're telling everybody's got their method for, for that intimidation factor so that they can, you know, get people away from them, have the spot to themselves. And, you know, is Boyd wrong for doing that? I, hey, I don't know. He might call me, this ain't the Outback, boy. You ain't you ain't lassoing kangaroo. This is America. <laughs> right? This is America. <laughs> well, get out of here, Big boy socks and fight. <laughs> well, I tell you, I tell you, I guarantee you, Carl. Sorry, Carl, boy. <laughs> Carl's going to jump in the grill on on the next time, and uh, and I recommend it. You know, the I, communication is the key. I don't care who's right or wrong, but you know, you got to get in there. You got to have that talk. You saw Mike do it when Kevin said he wasn't part of the community. You know, there you got to engage. You got to open up that dialogue, and and and. Man, you got you you got to take what you can, dude. In in certain scenarios, that was the time for Carl to go straight Alzi outback shanking gator type shit. Like <laughs> get the you know. You call that a knife? I don't even know how they do that. Crocodile, That's not a knife. Yeah. Crocodile Dundee on them. I don't even want to get cliche because I thought about going that route, but. I don't even know, man. I, he just needed to. He needed to. He needed to. And you know what? That's a lesson learned. Carl won't make that mistake again. No. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So if we still have anybody listening, um, I'm going to put the number up. Why wouldn't they? The champ was on. I know. That was awesome that he called in. Yeah. yeah Rodney didn't chase them all, man. <laughs> we got a few loyals hanging out. Lee, Lee, I'm sure you're watching. Thank you. I know what time it is because of you, my friend. All right. <laughs> Lee means, everybody. Lee means. <laughs> G- gave me this watch. <laughs> Viewer of the show, man. Is that right? Yeah, you, you didn't get your Timex? No, he didn't give me the watch. Dag, yo. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, we were also glad to have Ed Bassmasters on the show. We had we had some Absolutely. great guests. Bryce, is there yeah. any chance to get up here on the news? Yeah, yeah. The one with the guy walking down the street on YouTube, that's, that's the, that's one, the best one, man. So, uh, again, like, we, so we had Ronnie on, and... Uh, uh, Ed Bassmaster got me backstage to the UFC. I got to meet. I love UFC fights. I got to meet some of like the people that you know I've been watching for years. Like I got to shake Dana White's hand. Wow. Lorenzo Fertitta's hand. Yeah. You know, got to watch him prank Lorenzo Fertitta. 
Like right. I'm right there watching, I like know. watching then, a king maker, maker be made, you know, then, by made the fool by a guy from Philly. You know and, what I mean? Like, and and then Brian <laughs> kicks him out of the studio. <laughs> no, 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 he did it. Jesus, Peter Glusick. Yeah, Pete, come on. <laughs> <laughs> you look like you were playing poker with Monopoly money, dude. With him in here, what are you talking about, man? <laughs> nah, man, Ed, Ed, Ed's Ed's awesome, dude. Like you know, just seeing people when you're out with him in public, people will shout his characters out to him. Yeah. You know, Skippy, you know, like, and it's just pretty cool, man. Yeah. Oh, here it is. Bryce queuing it up now. I saw a piece at the Classic where kids came up to him and said, we don't care about fishing at all, man. We just came to see yeah, Ed because he was at the Classic, you know. Call, caller on the line. Caller. What's your name? Where are you calling from? Yo, it's Keith. What's up? How hey, Keith. Is that Cobra? <laughs> In Cobra. You better you better refer to me as Dragon. <laughs> What's up, Dragon? <laughs> What's up, Keith? How, how we doing, guys? Just wanted to call in and contribute a little bit. Um, heard you guys talking earlier about the fish being released by the voters tonight, and I think that's a good. Uh, I think it's a that's a big deal. Yeah, Pete brought that well, tell out. us about awesome. It. What, what, how, how did it like how it. did it roll out? I mean, was it complicated I, or time consuming? What happened? I I didn't fish the event today, but I like I I like it. I just think that it should be done a little differently. Um, I think on the big big places like Anchor and such that do draw the big events and that do make the money um, generated by the good, the events, and uh, I think that they should put a charge in to the, door, to the tournament director, like a fee per boat, to uh, relocate the fish for you. So what are you saying? Couple, couple, from from so what like, I... Like, 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 basically, like, Anchor Marine would charge, say, a $20, $30 fee on top of the, you know, like, like when you get your permit, and that they could benefit, you know, maybe not the first year, but the second year, where they kind of, you know, have the boat set up there, especially during the summer months, to relocate them for you. Well, actually, uh, when the the DNR guys were here talking to us, they mentioned that that's available right now. It's for purchase, but you can actually, uh, for the fee, have they have them show up with their fish tank trucks. And I, mean, I think that should almost be mandatory, at least for the at least for the summer months. I mean, we I, all know what happens down there. I yeah, agree. Yep. Yep. That's I mean, we idea. all know, you know, yep, yep. M- middle of the summer, fish get dropped in the in the in the puddle there, and they fill that creek water, and they stuff up in the creek, and half the guys cashing checks are catching my fish, you know. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of which, you were you weren't in the derby today. That's not your yeah, style. Man, You're down there at every derby. It. They change it from a uh, from Saturday to Sunday. They change it on Friday night and. uh yeah, church. church. Just, just couldn't, just couldn't swing it. Did you have church today, Keith? Yeah, yeah. church today. You know, <laughs> but uh, you know, we, we, you know, how it goes. I mean, can't can't be there every weekend. It'd be nice. It'd what be did... nice because you know the one weekend you miss, you you're, you're set back. It takes you so long to stay on top of the fish. Yeah, did you hear the winning weights down there? Back two twenty three pound back. Yeah. Two twenty threes. I heard there was two two over seven weighed in today. Seven eight foot bunker. Hey, Keith, who won today? Do you know? I don't. I don't. I don't know. Um, I'll be honest with you. I don't. I have no idea. I know Manor took second. I think Santor took third. 
And I actually think Matt Novak and his partner took forward. They had a seven eight. Wow. Matt, wow. Is it wow. now? Is it Matt Novak and his life partner? Uh, I, I, you know, that's that's up for debate. I mean, it's very high. It's very debatable. Fair enough. Yeah. And what are the chances Centaur said to the winners, you saw me on those fash? <laughs> <laughs> Mike. He says fish the most... U- Mike Centaur, for people watching, he is probably the most... Uh, he, he's the most deadly out there on the flats. He's, nobody he's nobody wants to compete I mean, against him. But he says fish. He says the. I don't. He he like added a vowel into fish that doesn't exist. <laughs> like it's like fash. I don't know, man. Fresh. The fash. Yeah, the fresh. That's funny. Wow. Hey Keith. Yeah, have, I mean, I, I would have liked to have fish today, man. We uh, we got off last week, so now we're able to able to bring it home. Last week on a tough day, so. My, so my favorite. Get it home after winning, you know, it's tough, but. So Keith, my favorite Keith Callen story with you was we were fishing a. Um... <laughs> Here we go. Yeah, we we were... nah, dude. We were fishing a uh, we were fishing a Federation event up on Champlain, launching out of Ticonderoga, and there were a bunch of like hippies with kilts walking by us. Do you remember that? I don't. I don't know. Yeah, I really don't think so. Ah, well, anyway, these hippies with kilts are walking by us, and 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 the, you know they have full blown kilts. And they're full-blown hippies from probably Vermont that somehow came across on a ferry because Burlington, Vermont, is littered with real, legit hippies. Uh, now, if you don't remember, then the story sucks. But, yeah, you talked about what you were going to do to one of them if, if, if he came over, you know, because you hadn't seen your wife in a couple of weeks. You talked about being You talked about being full. <laughs> all right, never mind. Dave, Sorry. I got you beat. I, <laughs> Dave, I dumped uh, all Keith's rods and all his tackle into the Delaware River. Yeah, uh, that was fun, it's wasn't true. it, Keith? It was November. Yeah, man. November in that goddamn gambler lake boat. And what, uh, <laughs> so, yeah. so what we did we? Wh- one of them, one of them uh, wind against tides, man. Oh we no, it was a standing wave. I swear. So what was Warren trying to do? Suck some of the spots you sucked off Centaur? Like, hey, buddy, I got an open I, I, seat I, in my boat. <laughs> this was on the Delaware. Keith didn't know. even know where he was. <laughs> <laughs> hey, are we gonna? Yeah, yeah, Ten yeah, years ago. They, they, they could pull the plug on the Delaware. We're gonna have. Are we still having our contest? Our story contest? Yes. Yes, we are. We are doing that. Well, good. Go. Keith has more First stories. Good deal. Than, we'll, uh, we'll be uh, putting Keith's kilt story into the. No, nah, that that don't get into there. You don't remember the story, <laughs> all right? He was. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Keith. Thanks for calling, dude. All right, guys. Keep it up, man. See you later, later man. We'll see you out there, buddy. <laughs> That's funny. Keith yeah. is deadly out there. Yeah, too, yeah. Man. For people listening, Keith yeah. Callen takes a lot of people's money. A lot of people's money, dude. Go to that man. Yeah, no and his question. brother, Zach. Well, how are we going to run this contest? Do you want to do it now? Brian, no, are we going to do it now? I mean, we've got to get some calls in. Embarrassing stories. Embarrassing stories on the lake. Embarrassing stories. Why you didn't fish a derby. All right? I mean, I'm, I have a continually, continuing embarrassing story that I garden instead of fish some days. Most days. Almost all days. All right? <laughs> uh, I, I, you know, I care. I want to beat that 90-year-old lady on the end of Mansion Avenue yep. with that killer garden. I, I want to take her out. <laughs> And as soon as I get, as soon as I get my grass legit, How's, what's she's she, done. What's she doing with the frost? I bet she's out there right now. She probably has her stuff in burlap. Her 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 forest. Yeah. Now she just has a much more mature uh, perennial perennial setup than I do. Mm-hmm. Much more mature. Pro- she probably has about a forty year head start on me. <laughs> <laughs> well, get busy. Yeah. Well, you said get busy. She's ninety. Nah, but she's she's legit, man. She's out there six in the morning, man, playing she around. She'll play around. We got another caller. We got on, a Brian? caller. 
Hey, caller. What's your name? Where are you calling from? Hey, uh, it's John from Massachusetts. Hey, hey John. John. What's going on Hi. tonight? Well, I got I got a story about a guy that didn't show up. Actually, uh, Pete, you might remember me from uh, the Bassu class in Massachusetts. I fish Quabbin Reservoir all the time. Yeah, I remember talking to you about that. Yeah, yeah, and uh, I actually had a guy who was going to go with me one morning. He was uh, it was about four thirty. He was going to meet me, and we planned it for two weeks. A uh, guy he'd never been fishing, but he wanted to go really bad, and so I set it up and I says, "Be at my house at four thirty, sharp." And everybody told me, this guy's not going to show up. He's, he's going to be a no-show. But 4.30 came. The guy drives up, gets out of his truck. He's ready to go. I says, get your, your tackle on the boat. He says, no, nah, my wife said I can't go. <laughs> 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 he, he actually drove up and told me, instead of texting me and calling me, he drove up at 4.30 in the morning. Oh he got out of his, and he had his pajama pants on. And he said, my wife said I can't go. That is crazy. <laughs> Hey, <laughs> at least he good. drove up to tell you. Ah, how about it, man? That's commitment, you know? though. That's you know? crazy. He's like crazy. he took fishing a, a fishing invitation that seriously that he had to turn you down in person. Exactly. That, <laughs> it is PJ. That's funny. <laughs> well, that's a great story, John. Good job, I got to get up there and fish that reservoir, man. That thing's supposed to be full of giants. Yeah, no, I I threw yeah I, I gave you a personal message on Facebook after the show. I gave you my number, and if like I said, if you and your son want to come up sometime, I I got no problem taking you out there. You know, they're opening up next Saturday, in fact, and I'm I've got all my tackle ready, and I'm going crazy waiting to get on because, like I told you, they locked the boats down, uh, the boat and the trailer together, so you can't you know because I'm invasive species, so you can't fish there um, unless you have that the lock on your boat and trailer. So you're basically fishing. The reservoir, unless you go on vacation and plan to pay forty-five dollars to help hook everything up again, you know. Mm-hmm. John, can you say something for me in Bostonese? Sure. Sarah, uh, I, I want you to say Sarah left her apartment, locked her keys in the car, and I laughed my ass off. <laughs> Sarah left her keys in the park. <laughs> yeah, I can see where you're going with this one. <laughs> I park my car in the garage. That's how far I go. <laughs> All right. <laughs> hey, man. Thanks hey, for calling, thanks dude. For awesome. Hold on. Yeah. Good yeah. story. Thanks for the story, right, man. Yep. John, stay on the line. Thanks. Stay on John, the line, John. stay on the line. Carpenter yeah. wants to talk to you. Sure, no problem. All right, thank you, buddy. Okay, man. So, dude, talking to people like you talk to someone from Boston, if something was hilarious, and it's a, it was a pisser. <laughs> it was a pisser. <laughs> uh, well, it's, they're like they're like a couple hours away from us, and they like they I don't know. It's like the weird. It's, well, it changes up in like New York. Thirty minutes, man. You go yeah. to North Jersey, it changes. Jersey. And then it changes again in New York. Then it changes out on Long Island. It changes in Massachusetts. My favorite Maine. My favorite accent is and the sense of humor that I'm drawn to the most is the Brooklyn. Accent and the Brooklyn sense of humor. People yeah. from there, holy shit, man! I yeah. can listen all day long. It cracks me up, man. And, you know, it's how fast they talk too. Yeah. Like this, the the dude uh, that was from Alabama, right? Still slightly, Monty. but he's talked so fast, man. Yeah. Yeah. So once you get in that city, well, man, he's highly intelligent though. Yeah. I mean, they write the way he writes, and the kid. It's like right now, man. He didn't stammer once. I mean, that guy, that guy's a, you know, he's a genius. Yeah. He's a, he's an author. Well, he, not only that, dude, he, he wrote a story about Nick Saban. He's like the godfather of college I football, know. dude. I, I got to read that stuff. I have a story. I'm a, you know, guide, on-water trainer. And uh, you get in this rhythm where you, you park your boat in the uh, 
in the driveway. I don't. I don't. Mine's not covered. I just I leave, leave it in the driveway. So I, but I take my equipment out and the important stuff so it doesn't get stolen. And and you do this day in and day out, day in and day out. And uh, I've got um, you know some customers, and a lot of times they use my gear. So I drive the hour down to the Chesapeake, and um, you know I pull the cover off my boat and getting things unhitched. And um, the guys get in the boat. They just got sandwiches and their, you know, their jackets and stuff. And uh, and I, I go to start rigging up rods. And I had taken all of my rods and left them in my garage. I had like four rods tucked away oh, <laughs> in my dude. rod locker that I had to take my customers out with that day. That's terrible, man. Ah, uh, man, that was horrible. Caller, what's your name? With no rods. Caller, what's your name? Where are you calling Grosh. from? <laughs> was it? Go ahead, Grosh. Yeah, I uh, was headed up to a tournament on Toledo Dam. About, got about halfway there. It's about a two-hour drive. And uh, I was a little worse than Pete. I actually left all my rods at home and had no rods. So when I realized it, just turned around and went home. <laughs> and stayed home. <laughs> why? Why? You, isn't the, Couldn't you go to, like, the tackle shop and pick something up? Well, there was no tackle shops open it that early in the morning. And plus, the... <laughs> Yeah, you know, I mean that would have probably been an extensive uh, tackle shop. But I couldn't make. You know, being a farmer, we don't make a whole lot of money. So, you know. What kind of a ride was it? Like, what kind of a ride are you doing? You said two hours. Two hours? Oh my God, dude. Yeah, it's two hour, two hour drive. Yeah, but I would have went home back to bed. Unfortunately, buddy, that's that doesn't even that doesn't even come close to topping what Dave did here in the room. He drove all the way to Lake Champlain from Jersey, which is. His, Six and a half to eight hour drive, and left all the rods home. <laughs> left every rod at oh, home. Wow. Yeah, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I was definitely had to stop and buy a rod for that. And this is this was before I this was before I lived on like credit cards when I made mistakes. I didn't have credit yet, so like I had only a little bit of money, and I bought the shittiest rods you could imagine. I had all my tackle, but I had to buy the shittiest rods you could imagine. Ugly just sticks. to go fish, man. Yeah, like I, there was no credit cards to be like, all right, boom, you know, like it was. Yeah, I had to take from the beer and whatever else money to, to get some rods man i thought yeah. i was the only yeah, one that did how can you forget your fisher rods men at some point <laughs> yeah, yeah man all right well thank thanks for calling grosh yeah good story right. thank you yep. everybody leaves their rods at home i think everyone's not women that. we all leave their rods <laughs> no. at home. well there's women. only like 10 of you huh <laughs> you know <laughs> yeah the percentages are much lower <laughs> You guys probably leave the blow dryer at home now. No, dude, no. No? Not at all. Uh-huh. All right. You got jokes, huh, Dave? No, nah, I don't. I'm just, I'm just thinking. That's what he can. I know he is. Bri, is there any chance we can get that um, that video, man? Because it's my favorite, yeah, dude. Can, can you guys, uh, meanwhile, can you like uh, break open the uh, flambeau boxes and uh, show some people what they're what they're looking at there? Yeah, what they're gonna win is this right it? now that John from Massachusetts. Yeah. Yep. With just a guy showing up in his underwear story wins. Guys, come on, for Christ's sakes. You don't have a funnier story than that? Come that on. Was, that was a good one, though. That, that was, was a good one. And, and the accent makes it better. If that if that same story was told in our marble mouth, you, it wouldn't be that funny. This is cool. Watertight, man. That's pretty cool. Cell phone? Put the money, phone in there, the keys. money. Yeah. Yeah. Was it like a combination? I don't know. Code did a nuclear arsenal in there. Yeah. I got Good job right opening up, Pete. That's a pretty man. outstanding product. <laughs> It's peat-proof. This don't work. Yeah. It's peat-proof. Yeah, why don't you elbow it open, all right? For God's sake. All right, John from Massachusetts, you're yeah. not getting that flambeau. Not yet, John. 
if, oh, if, we got if it. Philly can't figure it out, Boston definitely can. <laughs> I broke it. Oh, that's a nice looking box there. Yeah. You're going to win, John, because yeah. no one else is calling in. Oh, that's sweet, man. Wow. Yeah, wallet, keys, cell phone. Yeah. And money. Flare gun. Can't fit fishing rods in there. How many cell phones have you dropped in the water? Never. I did drop a pager in the Cooper River once. A beeper. I remember beepers. A beeper. A pager, beeper. You are old. On the title side. (laughs) Dude, I I dropped a phone in the Delaware. Yeah. That's the worst. So help us. Brian, Brian is a, Brian's very dialed in everyone. If you call Brian, he's picking up. Like he's not going to not pick you up. He and he'll cash. fish with a very phone. Responsive. He'll fish with a phone on his ear and on his shoulder. How can yeah. you do that in case? He does it. He does it. He does it. He's talking to his customers all day long. Like we're fishing tournaments, and he's got a phone like this. His back's hurting. He's on an angle. He's fishing. I don't know. I don't know how he does it either. I but. I have a cell phone in Penn Warner. My dad threw it to me. We call it Cell Phone Cove now. We nicknamed it. And then I actually said to my dad, I'm like, let's call it, see if it rings. And I'm like, no kidding. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, I, you know, I, I've done it. I mean, I was down in Alabama and talking to my wife, putting the boat on the trailer, getting ready to come home from the tournament. I had it wedged. I'm putting the boat on, and I just hit the bunks just right. The phone slipped out, hit the console right into the water in mid-conversation, you know. So it, she probably it, heard. I it. was giving her. I was telling her why I was going to be home. So, uh, caller, what's your name? Where are you days. calling from, caller? It's Mike from Jersey, man. What's up, guys? Hey, Mike. what's up, hey, Mike. dude? Hey, buddy. <laughs> so, so I, I got I got a couple stories here. I'm trying to think which is the best one. So you guys did a while back a whole session there on uh, you know your best worst of fishing stories there and uh, how this slipped my mind. There was a tournament back uh, five years ago on the Delaware River. I know uh, Ike fished it. I think Pete might have been there. I believe, if I'm not mistaken, Warren and uh, and uh, Woody actually won the tournament. Wow. But I get out there. It's my 30th birthday that day. I'm fishing with the kid, uh, Eric Bennett. We run up to Dredge Harbor. As we're coming into Dredge Harbor, I smoke a tree that's across the, uh, the, the canal going in there, the channel running into Dredge Harbor. And, uh, I mean, my boat, like, points to the sun. It was, I was totally blinded by the, the sun glare. So that's how I start my morning off. Somehow I kept the lower unit on the boat. The prop was intact. It blew my mind that I didn't knock it off. So we get into Dredge Harbor here. We start fishing. In the first 15 minutes, I stick, like, a three-pounder on a jig. And it wraps up in a cable on a boat dock. So the temperature that morning is probably at most 40 degrees. Uh, so I managed to get this, this fish up. I can see it down there. And, you know, you guys know three-pounders are pretty good fish on the river. Huge. So I rip all my shirts off down. I'm, I'm totally shirtless. He's holding my belt. I'm over the side of the boat. And I grab a hold of this fish and get it in the boat. So I'm like, all right, hey, you know what? We had a bad start this morning, but we're turning it around. I got a three-pounder. Uh, guys are looking at me like I'm nuts. I'm like half hey, the river to get this fish in the boat. So we actually didn't do too bad that day. We, of course, we were first out of the money. We finished fourth place. But we knew we, you know, we were in contention to possibly get a check. We fished till the very last minute. And we go hauling ass back down to, uh, to Gloucester there to get in. So as we're coming up about the last mile before the ramp, here is like 100 seagulls sitting on the water. Yes. So, of course, you know, 99 of them get up and make a right and fly off, and one came at me on a string, and the last second, I'm, I'm the dawn of me, I'm like, I'm going to hit this bird. I hit it, the windshield explodes, plastic everywhere, knocks my sunglasses off, I'm stunned, thinking I'm cut, and I'm bleeding it. And Eric had no idea what happened. The bird flew out between us. Of course, I killed it. 
But <laughs> I'm like, what what happened? You know, I said, am I cut it? How bad is it? He was he was like, no, you're not bleeding. So we take off. We run into the ramp. We get in with like a minute to go. So I thought I had just broke my windshield. So, of course, not only are we first out of the money, I go home the next day. I take off the remnants of what's left of the windshield. I had $3,000 fiberglass damage to my boat as a result. Oh. So... So that was quite the uh, that was quite the story that day. There was all kinds of uh, things From going a wrong. Seagull. And uh, like yeah. I said, thirtieth birthday on top. So all that to get whooped by uh, WW. Yeah, WW. Hey, hey, buddy. Uh, I whooped hey, you buddy. Money. <laughs> Good to hear from you, Mike. Yeah, yeah. So, so real fast, Keith Cowan story. Here. Oh. Now, there's not many that are clean for the air. Of course, uh, That's the truth. <laughs> but I remember uh, we had a federation tournament here a couple years back on the flats, and Keith drew some like 18 year old kid who was his first time out in the water. And this kid, all of a sudden, whatever he ate the night before, oh. like tacos from a gas station or something, <laughs> so he tells Keith, like, I got to go to the bathroom. So Keith was like, you know, we're, we're out here in the middle of the grass bed. You know, what am I going to Next thing, this kid is like, pants around the ankles, hanging off the back of his boat. Keith is dry heaving on the front of the boat. <laughs> and what's going on in the back of the boat? And he's yelling. He's making such such a ruckus with the whole thing that, like, a couple other guys look up from what they're doing. They get, like, a full view of what's going on in the back of Keith's boat. So now they're screaming, like, what the heck? Why did you tell me to look at this or whatever? So yeah, that, was, that was pretty funny. Luckily, I was just far enough away. I could hear Keith screaming and yelling the whole time and gagging. But I couldn't see what was going on. So I was oh kind of thankful for that. Oh, man. Yeah. Thanks, Mike. Yeah. Thanks, for the no vi- Thanks for the visual on the last story. Yeah. We appreciate that. Yeah. Before that, that's about as G-rated as it could get, too. So. <laughs> Mike, we fished that. Uh, Dave, you and I fished that tournament together, correct? Probably. Uh, that that was, would have been the one we went all the way down. The Woody Hall. Yeah. That, that was the <laughs> it, one. That, like, it was like early November. It had to be like yeah, it was, 2010. Yeah. Yeah. There was, it, was a, it was a full... Full field for the Delaware. I thought we took second. Or maybe we didn't come uh, back. No, I thought no. we took second. No, we I think you second. did. I think we you took did second. Take yeah. 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 Like I said, you know, now these tournaments pay out seven, eight spots back that day. They only paid out three, of course, right. first out of the money. Insult to injury, you know. That was a yeah. five alive thousand air tournament. I think, yes, it, it, was, I think yeah. it was. Yeah. Because yeah, uh, Ike fished it with his uncle, Uncle yeah. Don. Yeah. Yep. Yep. I, yeah, thought, it was, I thought this was a bullshit story because you said Woody won. I, he doesn't. Ever win? Oh. That was when he used to fish, actually. That's yeah, still back that many years. Wow, what's up with him these days, dude? Uh, he'll still be rocking like a 1997 Federation champion he's a legend. jacket. He is a legend, dude. Like the ones yeah. with like the springy collar. You know what I mean? Like he's got he's got the uh, the jacket with the fur on the collar. He, the, yeah, the embroidered patch on the on the jacket. Yeah, they they are, they are like uh, built popped. Like he's not popping the collar. That's how they are, dude. Come out of first retirement, of, Woody. Come out of retirement. Name across the breast. Exactly, dude. <laughs> Dave, uh, you going down to the Potomac? Nah, dude. I'm out this year, man. You're not, no, you're not going to make it. All yeah, right. nah, dude. Thanks, man. All right. Thanks for reminding me. <laughs> oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, it, it happens. Well, I know, Mike. He's got to take care of the. the he's got to take care of the roses and the garden. Yep. <laughs> I got to go. The perennials. If it's not for the federation, and I'm not going to fish. I just sit home and you know do do a hundred other things. Drink so. beer. I know. Yeah, I do. I might do a little bit of that. I need. I need to get a boat again, dude. And then I'm back in it, man. I, the the co angling thing. I just can't. I'll, I'll I can't do it no more. Real bro. cheap. It's got all kinds of gremlins in it. Apparently, so. Big negative. Fortunately, I have a, a lifelong friend that has like a, a pretty lucrative bass cat sponsorship, so I probably wouldn't be floating in some of your shit. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> All right, guys. Later, hey, Mike. Call me Great Mike. We'll fish. Man. Have a good night. Thanks, All right, Mike. Sounds good. Thanks for the call. Yeah, speaking of, uh, of near seagulls, Brian, remember when I saved you from a seagull strike with a poke check of a, of a net? Nice. Yeah, we were coming back from we were coming back from Delaware up to Delaware at nighttime, and we were kind of blinded. When you're coming from the Delaware Memorial Bridge north, all the factories blind you at nighttime. It's a very difficult thing to navigate. Tons of seagulls, and we're scaring them up. I mean, there's they're in the like the thousands. So I already grabbed our net, like ready. And like I, I was waiting for any time. I was, man, man, there was one coming straight at his face, and he couldn't see it. And I was like, "Bagak!" I like caught that <laughs> thing like right before it struck him, right in his face, dude. Birdman. You know the birds are our friends, guys. Yeah. Seagulls. You know, take it a little Pete, easy on scavengers. the wildlife, man. Pete, did you tell your embarrassing story yet? I, I told one simple one. I, right. about Bridget, I got another one. What do you got, Bridget? Well, similar to the last story we just kind of heard, I ate a bad burrito on Oneida Lake. Oh, no. Next story. Oh, no. All right, Warren, you're up. Yeah. (laughs) Girls aren't allowed to tell poopy stories. Girls cannot tell those stories. Nope. Girls don't poop. (laughs) Didn't you ever get the little kid book, Everybody Poops? No. Mine mine didn't have girls. Mine was written in the 80s when girls weren't included, all right? I think you should finish your story. Pete's all about the bathroom. Bring the story. Come on. I was I was fishing Oneida, practicing for uh, the opens up there back in mm-hmm. I think uh, 2013 or 14. Uh, I think they were up there. Yeah, last. I think it was 14. Yeah, and uh, I had a burrito the night before, like a rice burrito. I took it out in the water with me for lunch. You know, and I didn't realize rice goes bad after so many days in the refrigerator. Oh, man. So I, <laughs> so I had it for like seven days. Within like 30 minutes of eating it, it was like dumb and dumber pain. Uh, it was do, bad. Do you have a co-angler with you? Yes. So what'd you do? Male or female? Male. <laughs> oh, man. I was like, this is an emergency. I was like, this does not normally happen, but I had to go to the bathroom. So it, like, it was bad. Did he like? Well, did you go on the front? Did you make him go to the front so you could go I to the back? I made him go to the front, and I came to the back. Oh, man. Off by the throttle on the steering wheel. When He's you got to go, like, you got to go. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I was chumming. Uh, <laughs> Brian, the so, carpenter. Talk to me, Brian. What are we doing? Uh, I think we're just about done. We have uh, we have one message here that Warren's going to read. Is this a good one, Warren? Yeah, it's from Michelle. Uh, she says, I don't want to call this in. Oh, no, I don't want to call this my m- most embarrassing moment. Getting into my kayak, I flipped the kayak over. My poles, tackle box, everything fell in the water. It was only 50 degrees out, and I was soaked from head to toe, and I sunk in the mud. And the person I was fishing with was already far away in the water. I had to sit on the bank freezing until they got done fishing, of course. I have to do this in front of a bunch of dudes, and they probably all laughed. Did she have a white t-shirt on, Esker? <laughs> I don't know. In 50 degree weather? <laughs> Need to know that. She probably had on like a down jacket or something yeah. or a roll. She was yeah. wearing yoga pants and a white t shirt, I envision uh, it. That's, oh my that's God. how my story yeah. went. That's and, she, yeah. and she ate a burrito. Yeah. No, 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 and she no sat in like a perfect handstand waiting on the shoreline. Nice. Yeah. Girls, no burrito stories. Yes, on the wet t shirt story. <laughs> and yoga pants, kayaking. Good story, Michelle. Way to take the time. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, so based off, like, I mean, I guess it's between John from Massachusetts. Massachusetts and Mike, right? So who yeah, wins yeah, yeah. it? Mike? Mike. Mike gave us a double banger, though. All right, Mikey. Mikey gets it. 
Well, congratulations, Mike. Mikey from NJ, right here close Local. to home. So uh, that's it, guys. Yeah, hey, that's it, man. That was Ike Live minus Ike. Who? <laughs> What's his name? Mike. <laughs> Ike. Minus Ike. Minus Mikhail. Ike. Hey, we had we had a great time. We really appreciate uh, Ed Bassmaster and Britt Myers and Carl Jockamson, and uh, maybe we'll get Boyd on next time. He can tell us his version <laughs> of the story. Be interesting. Yeah. Thank you all, you guys, for being here in the studio with us tonight. We had we had a lot of fun bringing it to you. Uh, next Ike Live is when. Uh, it's kind of to be announced. The next one we have with Mike in studio is uh, <laughs> Michelle says you wish I had a white tea. Um, <laughs> no, I do. That's why I'm asking if she had it. She agrees. <laughs> she agrees. Um, the next one we have Mike in studio isn't till the end of May, so we oh, may wow. get a couple of these uh, without him. Um, but uh, for now, it's it's a long ways out. So All right. Well, I, well, I want to do some Bash University. Yes. Uh, housekeeping. Do that. Um, Check out this week, um, Bridget's friend uh, from Virginia, Jacob Prosnick, is uh, giving a sight fishing <laughs> um, seminar, which is amazing because he is a master sight fisherman at such a young age. He's, he really excels he's at that. He's a good fisherman. Yeah, he's, he's, a, he's he won two elites his he first did good this his tournament. rookie season. Finds yeah. the best buffets around. Good sight. <laughs> well, whatever it takes. But he's on Bass University TV. Check it out. Subscribe today. We've got some great. Great stuff for Bash University TV coming. Um, Bash University Live uh, is going to be coming up. We're going to we're going to announce those dates, so all of our subscribers are going to have that available to you. And we're working with Flambeau and TH Marine and others. We've got some great new discounts uh, coming for all of our Bash U TV subscribers. So definitely check that out. I also want to invite all the listeners that are in this area to, if you want to do some on water training with me. You want to do some fishing on the Upper Chesapeake? Check out PeteKluzek.com. I've got some availability in the month of May and uh, June. So the fishing is amazing. The fish are giant, and uh, we'll get you on them. And um, you are the Nick Saban of bass fishing, my friend. <laughs> it you is are on man. the flats, yeah. Well, like Pete will coach you up. I will no coach. Joke. I will coach, coach you, you up. up. He I, likes that. I, I get that. I like that now. I do. And um, you know, I, I really do. I try to, you know, when I get guys on the boat, I want to help them become better anglers and ladies too. And um, you know, we're gonna do that. We do that every day. So check that out at peaklusic.com. We got a lot of availability as we get through the summer months. But um fishing's really good down here right now. Also check out the bashuniversity.com for people that don't live around here. We have Mark Menendez, we have uh guys down in Alabama and all trainers all over the country that can that can help you. Uh, take the classroom to the water, help you become better anglers. So check that out. Bridget, do you do you want to announce anything? How can people follow you on uh, uh, social, social media? media. Uh, I have Facebook, uh, Bridget Kristen Allen. I also started a fan page, Bridget Bridget Allen Fishing, and also Instagram, Bridget Allen Fishing. Outstanding. Cool. Yeah. How about you, Big Dave? Nah, dude, I'm I'm black. <laughs> run silent, run I'm deep. I'm silent, man. <laughs> I think you should create a Facebook page for your garden. Big head. And so people nah, can follow it. It's not up to snuff. It would be equivalent to like a guy at a club level trying to create like some massive like I, I can teach you how to fish thing. Like when it comes to people that compete at this, man, I'm not even there, dude. Well, you know, people want to know. I'm small potatoes. People people can relate. People can relate. You should do it. You should do it. The Maybe. carpenter, Warren, what do you guys got? 
I got a I got a uh, Facebook group called Warren's Fishing Buddies. I hope you all check it out. It just went public. Just went public. Uh, yeah, yeah. It started out as a bunch of my buddies, and and now it's uh, it's it's blossomed, and we're gonna we're gonna Send go national, and hopefully it'll get to be a great site. Warren uh, wearing s- the shirt besmirching Kevin Van Dam on the Delaware River. I might add. Yeah. <laughs> and I you see that. And I see the hat that you were showing there. Which is amazing. That's amazing, dude. That's a piece of history. Yeah. Treasure. That's a treasure. Suck, yeah. Trying to suck in the gut. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is. is this is the autographed Brian Kirchell hat. That's pretty awesome. That's amazing. I feel you bad know, touching it. Re- I know, mint condition. Rest in peace, Brian. You were an amazing, amazing angler. Yes. Just a great, great guy. I had the pleasure of knowing you. And um, it was amazing to watch you win that. And, uh, you know, what an awesome piece of memorabilia. Still, the only Federation angler to win uh, the Bassmaster Classic. Anybody can name who finished second? Ike. Ike. Once? No? Oh, uh, Paul Muir. <laughs> that might be no. Dalton yeah. Dalton Bobo did it. Dalton Bobo uh, finished just behind. Hit him, Warren. Uh, it was close. <laughs> Three ounces on the Red River. Uh, who won, Pete? I don't remember, but I remember he had a dead fi- or a dead fish or a dead short fish, fish penalty. La- Larry dead Nixon. Penalty. Larry Nixon won that. I Warren woke. Yes. Yeah. Three Boom. ounces. Baby. Nicely done. Did did uh, the Connecticut guy Mueller? Did he finish second? Yeah. Or third Mueller. or fourth? Second. Mueller. Well, that's amazing. Congratulations, you're number two. I think. Message Come on, Warren. Pick the game up. Okay. All right. Well, good deal. Hey, thanks, everybody, for watching. Quite Been a treat being here. We'll see you next time on Ike Live. Pete Gluzak, out.